This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Tyler Minton, he would call himself a nutritionist. He works primarily with UFC fighters and really getting to dial in their nutrition plan and how they cut weight, and he happens to be a hunter. And he's actually a hunter that posts on his social media. He's got a very engaged social media audience. He provides a lot of nutrition information there. And I really wanted to have a conversation with him because of just that fact. Number one, he posts about hunting. Number two, he understands the science behind nutrition of meat and the value of organic venison, essentially. And so I just wanted to have a good, short, sharp conversation with Tyler about why he hunts, how did he come to hunting, social media pressures around hunting, and then talk to him a little bit about the UFC fighters and, you know, who hunts and who doesn't hunt. So, enjoy. So there's a reason why I started Blood Origins. And that reason is simple. Is that I wanted to convey the truth about hunting. It brings awareness to, to non-hunters that it's, it's more than just killing animals. How do I start it? Brittany. My name. My name. Is, Does my hair look okay? It's fantastic. My name is Mike Axelrod. Start again. Yeah, I hated it too. Braxton, <laughs> you said something in the car to me. You said that you were living on borrowed time. Hmm. There's a perception around who hunters are, what we're supposed to be, and a... A feminist that works for a non-profit that is a hunter that has only eaten wild game for the last 20 years is likely not the thing that people think about when it comes to a hunter. I cannot access your video. What's going on? Well, let's see how it goes. This is the first time I'm using Riverside, dude. I am. Um, that's why I was like, praise Jesus when you came <laughs> on. I've used it a few times. I've had other podcasts use it. It seems to be a pretty good one. 
Yeah, it is. I, you know, I've, I've been using Squadcast con mm -hmm. consistently, but every, every other podcast now I'm having issues with Squadcast. Mm. It's just like, but they swear that the quality on this, the audio is great and the video is great and we haven't done video yet. So here well, you are, Tyler we'll Minton. You are my guinea pig, my friend. <laughs> I've, I've been that for many people. <laughs> well, uh, Tyler Minton, welcome to the Blood Origins podcast, dude. I am, I'm psyched to have you on and I apologize for not asking before, uh, before now. Totally okay. I'm excited to do it. So we, uh, we cross paths at, um, Winter Strong. Mm -hmm. Soranex Winter Strong. You happen to wear, you'd be wearing a Soranex t-shirt now representing That's the brand, so representing our, in our, our introduction. Um, do you want to give a little brief introduction to who you are, what you do? Yeah. So I am, I'm, I'm a nutritionist. Uh, I'm a former professional fighter while I was fighting professionally. I was actually going to school for nutrition. Um, and once I retired or, or semi-retired, I actually want to fight again, but that's a whole separate uh, conversation. Really? Uh, yeah. I want one more, which that's the problem. One more becomes one more. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I was going to school for nutrition and you know, I was known for making really big weight cuts myself and doing it in a, okay. very, a very different way. So people started asking me for help. And, uh, some of those people made it into the UFC at a very low level. And then all of a sudden I started getting, uh, I remember Chris Wadman, who I'll actually be with next week. He just called me up one day, cold called and asked if, you know, what I charged and I wasn't charging anything because honestly I was just helping friends. I never thought it would be a business. So I decided right then I, I had about, you know, I told him, I was like, well, I'll put together my business plan for you. I didn't have a business plan. Uh, Did so you I, have to Google? Because that's what I, and when I got into this, I don't know if you had to Google what a business plan was, what, but when I started Blood Origins, I had no idea what I was doing. I just had this idea, right? Just like you, you, you did this thing, you have this idea and Jim Shockey, I don't know if you know who Jim Shockey is, but and like was the name in hunting, right? And he, I got, luckily I got to know him really early and he said to me, he said, Robbie, I'm happy to do Blood Origins. I'm happy to do a Blood Origins episode. So me being who I am, you know, I started running immediately before I could actually crawl. And he just said, I said, all right, I'm ready. I'm going to come up to you. We're going to fly up there. We're going to do all this beautiful filming. And he was like, whoa, 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 whoa. He said, I need to be sure that what you're doing is actually going to make a difference and do what it's supposed to do. So you need to tell me what, what, what's your distribution strategy. And I said, um, Google, what is a distribution <laughs> strategy? So just like you, brother. Man, it, that, that was literally it. I, you know, I had to figure something out. And, you know, I gave him, shot him a price. Uh, I later found out that it was like the cheapest of anyone in this business. Uh, but to me, it was the most money I had ever seen from one person. Um, and then after that, I did a good job with him. And then all of a sudden, Daniel Cormier called me. I started working with him. I started working with Max Holloway. I started working with Khabib Darmakamedov. So I went from creating a business in, in, in one hour to within one year, I had worked with three UFC champions. Um, and it, it, it just blew up to the point I owned a gym at the time, but I, I ended up selling my gym and um, made nutrition a full-time business. And that was never meant to be. It just, it happened. And, and you know, I happened to, uh, I mean, what, 
just to be honest, I would consider myself the, the, the best and, you know, one of the best, at least at, at what I do. So it was a passion project that ended up becoming a, a successful business. And you've built the beautiful model, right? It's like we talked about over text message. You were like, man, you know, we, we happen to be, you are in the, dare I say, the great state of Tennessee. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's fair to say. Um, we were talking and you said, yeah, you know, because we're in Memphis now. I moved the family to Memphis in June. And I said, he's like, yeah, I got offered, um, you know, to come do work. I, I'm assuming full-time nutrition work for the Memphi Memphis Grizzlies. Well, I just got a thing about it, and we'll see. I mean, I don't say it's not really Whatever. my kind of thing, but, but yeah. it's almost like you know, it's it's you you almost have the best job in the world now. You pick and choose your clients, you decide who you want to work with. Your schedule's your schedule. I get the bites of different schedules, right? Yeah, yeah, and it, it, and it's been good because. It gives me flexibility and I'm actually, I'm actually a student again, like so I'm, I'm finishing up this year, but I went back to school just to get my grad degree. Um, I'm doing in that. Nutrition? Mm -hmm. cool. Yes, sir. And, uh, yeah, human nutrition. So I have that and then, you know, I have two boys and I'm, you know, I've, I've had my five-year-old with me here all day. You know, I have the flexibility to be a stay-at-home dad some days. Um, you know, I can take, I can go hunting, you know. I go hunting quite a bit. If I have a client, whoa, whoa, whoa. That... you're not you're not supposed to be a hunter, Tyler. You're a nutritionist. Oh, I know, I know. You're exactly. You UFC. Come it's, on. That's exactly why. Uh, it's uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I tell people it's all. Um, what's the what's the what is your 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 top recommendation? Like, where should I get like meat? Where should I shop? I get that a lot. Like, you know, is it okay to get it at Walmart? Should I go to Whole Foods? I'm like, we should get it in the woods or in a field. What if that's not an option for you? If you don't want to go do it yourself. Um, my next thing is befriend a hunter. Um, cause most really good hunters, I, I know even, you know, including myself, not that I would consider myself a good one, but I'll, I'll hit more than, you know, I hit my back limit if I want to. And I have friends that they, they reap the rewards from, from that. So, um, you know, and that's actually, I started hunting when I was it. I think I killed my first year. I was nine or 10 years old. And then I got so busy in sports as a teenager that, you know, I kind of quit doing it. And it wasn't the cool thing. Hey. I wasn't a cool kid. Like I was, a, I was actually picked on and bullied. That's what led me to wrestle in school. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I wasn't a cool kid. So I was trying to do everything that was cool. And so I was trying to play all the sports and, and, you know, camouflage wasn't cool and, and hunting wasn't cool. So I just quit hunting and um, sure. I didn't get back into it until my, and I'm, I'm 35 now. I didn't get back into it until probably 27, 28 years old. And it mad at myself forever getting out of it. So but why did why, what made you? What was sort of the impetus to get back into it? So I went been a couple. So I went maybe once or twice in that in that time frame. But what really got me into it the most was I moved to another part in Northeast Tennessee, and this place had thirty two acres just right up against National Forest. It was my two of my best friends, like their their family's property and their 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 parents passed away. So um, I moved. I had, and I had just gone. Uh, I, had, I had just gone through a breakup. So like I wanted to be out in the middle of nowhere. This place had no cell phone service. It was literally a creek running down Jeez. the side, a field in the front. It's awesome. Um, so I just moved there, 
and uh, it was just there was nature everywhere. And what are you fighting at this time in your life, or what what, what are you doing at this time in your life? I had have you even entered into the nutrition space? Yeah, no, not really. Honestly, just just helping some people, but not like not a real business at all. And it just kind okay. of okay, you know. So I just had like a good spot to hunt. So you know, I passed the time. I'm gonna go out in the woods, and it just it just made me fall in love with it again. And honestly, it was uh, what I fell in love with was was the opposite of what a lot of people do so at that point too i, I you know i just had like hand me down camel i didn't really have anything i just had an old 243 which is still my favorite rifle that i own um but i uh i would just take it sit next to a tree and it was it was kind of fun for me because i got back into it without even realizing how much hunting has changed and, and how much gear has changed and how nice that is um you know, so I just went back into it. I'm talking, I would get out there before it would uh, turn daylight and just sit next to a tree, eat my lunch at the tree, maybe get up, use the bathroom, walk around and then go sit back down until dark. And then, and that's how I grew up hunting. And that's, that's what I love. And then honestly, in the, a, a few years ago, I, I kind of fell into the, I'll say the trap, but you know, not judging anyone who does this. In fact, I get really annoyed when people, I'll get really annoyed <laughs> when hunters, judge other hunters like i've seen yeah i've seen yeah. really successful big name archery hunters trash talk rifle hunters i'm like that's that's absurd like it's hunting like if right. you want to preserve hunting like be happy for 100%. anyone who's doing it however they're going to do it but anyway um you know and i fell into the trap of like i was just spending all this money on kuyu and or however you say it uh so i've always said it with my yeah my, you said it right you said it right. Accent. so you know i bought all this kuyu and i had all this and it's great gear i said i love it um, but I'm like, this is almost too comfortable. And I was buying, you know, I was upgrading everything. I had like a really nice compound bow, real you know, new rifles. And I was hey, just, hey. I kind of fell into the trap of thinking I had to have the absolute nicest of everything hey, there was hey. with hunting. And, you know, I was at this point I had, I did have a successful business. I was making more money than I'd ever made. You know what I can afford? I don't have to wear, you know, I don't have to wear my, my, great uncle's old Walmart, yeah, the Walmart overalls yeah. that you grabbed. Yeah. yeah. Oh, dude, I, I wore some camouflage from like Desert Storm era for, for so many hunts. <laughs> um, like, you know what? I can actually have like nice stuff now and, and it is comfortable, but, uh, I was doing that. And then one day, you know, I was, I was doing, looking at all the charts and, and following the moon charts and everything. And one day, a few years ago, uh, you know, I was married. I got, after I'd been married, I had it's and it was on my birthday it was december 5th um but it was a weird day like it was not it wasn't cold it, you know in december it's supposed to be cold in tennessee it was actually freakishly warm crazy windy but my uh my wife and my son had to be out of town for something and it's my birthday so i'm like i was just i was sad so i'm like you know what i'm hey. gonna go i'm just gonna go into the woods um you know i'd rather be like a little sad and in the woods, you know, now I'll, I'll put my headphones on and like listen to, to podcasts and stuff. Look, I'm just going to go do that. So I did that. And since it was so warm out, I, I keep my gear separated by the season. And I didn't, I didn't feel like going and getting my warmer weather stuff. So I literally put on, um, I literally put on just like a green shirt and some jeans and went yeah. out, went out hunting. I didn't spray sand. I didn't do anything. Yeah. I took my rifle. Um, or, um, no, this was actually my boat. Sorry. I took my bow, got into the, uh, tree stand and super windy. It was insanely windy. Like the tree stands moving. The good news is 
I couldn't sit here and listen to this podcast because I'm not going to see any deer. And uh, I ended up seeing a doe, this, this a massive doe, and I'd already decided I didn't, you know, I, I, was, I wasn't there to hunt. I was there to get away in the woods. But she kept leaving sure. and coming back and I already decided, okay. Yeah, she, it was one of those that like, okay, look, I'm giving you one more chance yes. to live. Yes, and that, that was it. She was, she, was, <laughs> she was huge. I already had a friend that had told me if I killed anything else, he wanted it. And I was like, you know what, if she, if she comes back one more time, Again, and uh, sure enough, she did. And I drew back, and I was just getting ready, just getting ready to pull. And I heard, heard this grunt, and I looked out through my eyes, and the biggest buck I've ever seen. Um, you know, which you know, northeast Tennessee, it's a huge, but it's a pretty dang good deer. It's yeah, just yeah. charging through the woods. Oh my gosh! Um. So I see him through the woods and she's in this 10 yard clearing. And honestly, I know that I'm probably not going to get a shot at him, but I've already decided I'm just going to pull. Like if I have to close my eyes and pray, I'm just going to do it. And, uh, she runs out of the clearing and right as he's getting to the clearing and I just do a really loud snort wheeze and he stops and takes one step into the clearing and I pull and he, he doesn't tuck his tail. He doesn't do anything. He just keeps going. Okay. It's just. It's a horrible day in general. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So I get out. I go look, see no blood, see no deer. Um, I'm just like, this day can't get any worse. I start walking back to my truck, and he's just laying there. Uh, Holy same smokes. Day, just, and, and still, like, I, I don't know what you know, caused it, but there was, like, hardly no blood loss, um, except in the spot where he fell. And sit there and go to this deer. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, there were, there were so many lessons to that. It was insane because it was. If I would have paid attention to to all the all the the graphs and charts and apps, I would have gone because it was a horrible day to hunt. There was nothing about it. it was, yeah, I yeah, yeah. I didn't wear any of my spray. You I didn't went, have any of my. You nice went gear. to hunt to enjoy it. Yeah, I just wanted to be out in the woods, and I, I didn't do anything <laughs> advanced, anything technical. Nothing about the environment was right, and it was still to this day the, the biggest year I've killed, the biggest year I've ever personally seen in Northeast Tennessee. Like alive so amazing after that amazing after that is when i was like well, like it kind of changed my way of thinking and i started yeah. getting in on know, i still wear my kuyu <laughs> but uh i you know i started just being a little bit more simplified with it and i even picked up the traditional bow lots i've been getting a uh, traditional bow and what it was when i was a kid i used to play with my papal so you had this bow and i, I would just play with it ben pearson the 50s or 60s and he died when I was seven years old. He was he was my hero. But when he died, the boat just disappeared. And I just never saw it and didn't think of it anymore. But I just used to play Robin Hood in his yard. Eh. And then my grandmother died a couple of years ago. And when she passed away, we just cleaned through her house. And we found you this found boat. the boat? Yeah. Holy so it's uh, So it's actually hanging up on the wall. So I, at that point, all year last year, I, I didn't hunt really. Well, I took it hunting just like once or twice the last two days of the season. But. My goal was to just get really good at it. Um, I took it up to Kentucky and, 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 uh, Brandon Lilly helped, you know, he built some arrows mm -hmm. for me and, and we, uh, we worked on it and I spent pretty much a year just getting good at that boat. And, uh, well now that's been about a year and a half. And then this year I'm going to be taking out my traditional bow and just hunting, awesome. hunting from the ground and just Amazing. going back to the roots of it. <laughs> So let me, I want, you know, one of the most fascinating things that I wanted to talk to you about specifically is nutrition, right? You, that's your main, that's your main jive. A lot of people, you know, hunt to eat, 
nowadays they feed their, they fill their freezers with meat from hunting the the argument is and it's a valid argument you don't need to hunt to feed yourself the grocery stores are there that's an invention of modern society and technically you don't technically you do not need to hunt nor do we need everyone hunting otherwise there would be <laughs> probably no resource available but talk to me about the the data talk to me about the science Yes. Well, I mean, I don't you know very much about. Well, I mean, we, I don't, I don't, you know, you live in Memphis. I live in Johnson city. These are vastly different parts of Tennessee and I don't need a car mm -hmm. to get to you, but it would make my job. It would make it a lot easier and a lot more efficient. So it's that, that's kind of the thing. Great. I've heard people say that too. I'm like, well, you don't, like, what's the purpose of hunting? Like, you, you can just go to the grocery store. I'm like, okay. Like, like that, that's fine. Like, I get that point. But the, to me, that's, it, that's apples to oranges it doesn't matter like and, and you could choose not to eat fast food but you choose that um for me it's 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 what i like to tell people like the if you're looking at like the nutrition nutrient value so the nutrition nutrient things like venison you're getting the macronutrient profile of white meat which is higher protein lower fat than red meat but you're getting more of the micronutrient profile the vitamins and minerals of a red meat which is higher in a lot of things like iron and creatine and, and all these different things so it, it's literally the best of both worlds you're getting a super high protein super lean piece of meat and you're just getting it's just ch uh, chock full of nutrients it, it, it's you know i don't i don't i don't like to label anything as like a in a definitive term um but it really is you know essentially the perfect meat i mean it, it's and then, you know, it's, it's, we can go into the grass fed first grade. It don't, you know, I don't, as a hunter, I don't, I it doesn't matter. Less, no, right. I could care less what my animals eating. It's still going to be in a better position than anything you're getting from the grocery store. And, you know, and I, I have clients who are vegan um, and, you know, like they, they need help too. And honestly, I, you know, the ones that work with me, if, of course, I'm pretty open about hunting online. So if you're a vegan and work with me, you've already decided that you're not easily offended. Um, but what they've told me is they're like, listen, we're, we're against eating animals like we don't want that but we recognize that if you're going to do it that's the way to do it and and that's true and i've had less issue with vegans than i have meat eaters who are anti-honey god i have been blasted on social media before by people how crazy is that how hypocritical is that it is so weird to me i, I posted well, a not picture. hypocritical hypocritical hypocritical, hypocritical. Hopper's uh, a good way too. We that that could work too. We uh, you know, I'm looking up. I have my one that me and my my five year old kill together. I'm looking at it. Um, me and my he my my five year old hunts with me, and he just sits there in the tree stand. And and this kid cannot, he can't sit still and be quiet for thirty seconds. He is the most. He, he's loud. He likes to move. But I decided I was going to take him hunting just to expose him to it, and he just. Rock city. something about it and uh he's my he's the best dove spotter he's better he's, he's an amazing dove spotter so i love him for dove hunting but deer he actually saw this we saw some does walk out and i've already seen him and then he goes dad i see it he's like i see a buck buddy those are the does and then he sure enough he goes right there and there was a, a buck just running and it was a nice late for him too and i would i would have missed it if not and he saw it he's great he's, he's great hunting with but anyway i posted a picture of me and him this deer last year that I got and the comments 
Like I, I had one person comment, they're like, oh, cool. When, when your son shoots up a school or you want to post a picture of him with, with dead bodies. Oh my gosh. I'm like, what are you, what are you, what are you talking about? I'm like, like they're as if there's some correlation of hunting and, and school shootings. In fact, you could probably make a correlation that a lot of the kids involved in school shootings didn't have the proper relationship with their father to take them up. But, uh, but people were just taking it to just crazy extreme levels. Um, just team mm-hmm. threatening thing. I've posted pictures with a dead animal and had people say like vulgar, foul things they, they oh, hope happened to my wife and my kid. I'm like, yeah. what are you, like, what are you doing? And like, what have you ever done for animals? It's such a right. weird, such a weird thing. But it, it's, it's people don't understand. They, they genuinely don't understand. And these people, I've, I've looked at every time they do it. Well, usually they have private profiles. That's one thing about social media: people that are the loudest only have private profiles, so you, they don't they don't want you to come back to them. Well, several times I've had people just say mean stuff, and I look at theirs, and it's like a picture of a cheeseburger. Like, what do you think that thing's life was like? You know, it's it's yeah, and and people again, people just don't understand nature. Like nature, the most peaceful, the the best death an animal could ever hope for in nature is for a hunter to to, to get a clean kill. That is the best hey, hey, hey. possible scenario. It's kind of the animal's equivalent of a human just passing in our sleep. That doesn't really happen hey, in hey, the hey. animal world. Um, so it's literally the, the best death you can give an animal is, is to get a clean, clean kill. Because if not, it will Tyler, age what would you say, be killed. Yeah, exactly. What would you say to, I know you said you had vegan clients, but from a nutrition perspective, is there an argument, because we're always searching for rhetoric, is there an argument that, and again, I'm being, I'm being quite naive here, purposely so, because I just don't know the answer. And I've never used this as, in rhetoric, but is there a reason why people eat meat? Is there a reason? Is, is, it, a, is it a better food? Is there a substitute? You know what I'm getting at here? Yeah. Yeah. And no. Um, again, I don't, I don't speak in definitives, but at the same time, like, can you be healthy on a plant-based? Yeah, you, you can be healthy. Uh, it is infinitely harder. It's so much harder. Um, it's a lot of work, but you can be healthy. So I'm not one of these that's going to, you know, say, I'm not a carnivore diet, you know, zealot. I'm just going to say that you, you know, you can't be healthy yeah. on my base as possible. Um, but like we, whether you believe in evolution, creation, it doesn't matter. They both say the same thing as far as like, like we are omnivore. We, we're, are made to eat both. I mean, it's like, that's why, that's why, again, we have canines, you know, like we have canines for that purpose. Um, you know, it's, it's, that's, it's what it's our, our bodies were designed for. Our bodies are designed to break down proteins for reason and break down and digest meat. If it wasn't good for us, I promise our, our, our bodies would not have a way to deal with it. Uh, yeah. They got, uh, you know, I, I argue a lot with fad dieters and such as, and listen, like you, you are greatly underestimating how how perfectly you know made our bodies are like everything we need is 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 in there body is is always it's keeping us alive every second we don't think about that we only think of all the things that we could do to kill our body but we're not thinking about the fact that every second our body is doing something just to keep us alive um you know it's like we're 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 all created to to eat it and to eat both you know like we we do (laughs) we do need 
and, and and as we know as hunters, most people don't know these and, and conservationists will know as well. It's the it has to be thinned. Like the population of a lot of these animals, they they do need to be thinned. Or they will yeah. they will be their own worst enemy. So it's not only good for us, it's good for them. It's good for yeah. it's, it's good for the 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 vegans the and vegetarians too. Yeah. Yep. Like vegans and vegetarians, I don't think they realize what would be happening to their food if it wasn't for hunters. <laughs> Listen, when when you're dealing with putting these nutrition plans together for these big UFC fighters and whatnots, and I would assume some of these UFC fighters that you've engaged with are hunters. If they have time, like a lot of them, they don't let on the time, but there are several of them that are hunters and there are several that aren't and want to be. So, Really? Yeah, Max Holloway. So, um, Dude. You know, Hawaii boy. And, and we've got a few. That yeah. Hawaiian boy doesn't hunt? No, never. Um, and 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 I've had a few different people reach out wanting, uh, and I've never been hunting in Hawaii. Like I would go with, and and I don't I don't have to go live with him anymore. But I used to go live with him for like a couple months at a time, and uh, spend time in Hawaii. And I was you know we're in fight camp, so I couldn't. But I just want to go and hunt access here so bad. Listen um, to me. So Listen, to we're going to so stop bad. this podcast right now, and I will say this: if you can make the connection. We'll make it happen. <laughs> I, that is what I would be interested in. Like, I'm interested in understanding, especially someone like Max, right? Who's, I would say, he doesn't know me from a bar of soap. I don't know him from a bar of soap. You know him best. But I would say, based on what I see, his demeanor, his attitude, he would be someone who would be willing to talk about hunting, to go hunting, to express why he's hunting. And then you fold in, and this me just brace him, you fold in, you with the nutrition aspect and cooking and whatnot, dude, we could make something like, we could make something legit. After this And it'll be tough that we have to go to Hawaii, but we'll make it happen. Uh, We'll we'll struggle. We'll have to struggle to go from Tennessee to to Hawaii. People, people, I've been to like 43, 44 different countries. And when people ask me what my favorite country I've been to is, I tell them Hawaii. And they look at me real weird. Country. I'm like, like, then you've never been. Like you go to Hawaii, you understand what I'm saying. That's a different. That's not America. It's it's like a whole separate country. It's wild. Um, but no, it is something. Yeah, he he would like to go. And what would be cool for Max is is seeing you know the the especially Axis deer. They're they're invasive. They're they're something over and they need them gone. Um, so yep. for Max, it would be cool to see what this could do for Hawaii, you know, to, to, to actually sure. help that and, and help preserve Hawaii through, through that. Cause he is, I mean, that is what Max is Hawaii's favorite son. Um, you know, so it's one of those things he would, he would greatly yeah, appreciate what it does for the, for the, for the state. Yeah. Mm. So the country of yeah, Hawaii. For the environment, you know, for the um, health, there's, there's a company there and, and I don't, yeah, I'm not, Maui, Nui, Maui Nui, baby. Yes, Maui yes, Nui. Yes. They send me. They they sent me, and they want they want me and Max to come hunt there. Um, but they sent me. Uh, I spoke to them not too long ago, and they uh, started working with me, and they sent me a bunch of venison, and I'm actually having some venison of theirs sent to other athletes, including Max. And uh, I had never had access before, actually, until I had theirs, and it's. You know, I, I'm happy to eat oh, man. the gamiest. I eat black bear. I love bear. But I eat the gamiest meat, and it doesn't bother me. Um, but Axis is, if, if someone is not into venison, 
they're in access here. They just don't realize it. And especially there, it's yeah. just, oh, it's so good. I'm actually probably after this, going to yeah. pick them up and tell them I'm going to be out soon. <laughs> so I need some more. Um, but that would be, you know, because yeah, they're I... all about, it's not just hunting. Their goal is not to just come out and slaughter deer. It's, it's for the preservation of, of Hawaii. Yeah, Jake, I don't know who you deal with it, but Jake Muse is just, and yeah. what they've done at Maui Nui is amazing. Unbelievable. Unbelievable sustainability, environment focused, got a process down that humanely takes, ethically takes deer off the, off the landscape and has created a sustainable consumptive product. As you, as you taste tested, it's freaking phenomenal. It, it, it's so good. And their jerky is, and jerky is, is, and honestly, I'm, most people who hunt, that's their favorite thing with, with venison, they love jerky, or even people who don't hunt, they love venison, or, or people who don't like venison, they love jerky. I'm not a big jerky person, but theirs is, it's phenomenal. They're, they're, they're a cool company. Man, that is so cool. cool. That's so cool. Um, yeah, it's funny, man, you know, I'm, you know, the fact that you talked about like putting hunting on your social, you've got a very, you got a very engaged social media presence and someone like you could be, it could be understood, you know, in the business that you're in that like, yeah, I'm a hunter, but I just don't want to talk about it. Yeah. It's, but it's, it's just not me. I've tried to be that before I've tried to be, you know, just, uh, um, I'm not going to say I'm ashamed of it, but, but. I went through a period, especially when I was really trying to build my business. And as, as silly as this sounds, like followers matter. Um, you know, if you're just That's right. someone shaking your butt on Instagram, those followers are just, you know, people liking your stuff. Um, but for people like me, it's like that is that are that is potential customers or the way I run my social media is I give out a ton of free con content. Like those are potential lives to be changed. Um, so it does matter the more people I reach. And it, but it's just you know, when I was trying to build that, I'm like, okay, there's a few things I'm not going to do. I still don't talk politics much, but I'll occasionally throw something in there. I'll, you know, because I do think that some of the things matter. Um, you know, but I tend to be the type of person that, that angers people in both parties because I'm not all the way into one or the other. Um, so, so I can offend a lot. But I, uh, you know, I, I took some time and I, I never posted political. I quit posting honey or hunting. Um, I'm, I'm Christian. I'm very proud of it. Well, there was time like, you know, yep. I'm not even going to like a bunch of Christian stuff on there. Cause I don't want to offend people that are I'm like, that's, yeah, that's yeah, not yeah. me. That's silly. Like that's, that's, you know, I'm, I'm proud of those things as much as I am my nutrition information. Um, so I'm, I'm just me on social media, posting goofy stuff. I post, you know, just, just, I want people to, to see that cause then they can relate to it. And if, if, you know, and I, I kind of realized like, listen, if, if I post something, Christian and someone's an atheist. I'm like, well, I would never work with that guy. I'm like, well, you probably are going to work with me anyway. You don't know me because I wouldn't, wouldn't judge you like ever. I don't post anything judgy uh, because that is you know, true Christianity. It's not coming from a judgy place again, if it's real. <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> so it's, it's, I, I'm, I'm a very non-judgmental person. I don't, you know, I don't care what other people are. I just want to be able to give them information, but I do want people to know who I am. So there's no, there's no uh, persona out there. Like I want to be very real and just let people into my life a little bit. No, dude, it's amazing. And, uh, you know, kudos to you for stepping up and being authentic. Um, there's a lot of people that, as you said, followers matter. 
and people with big, big, big social media followings. And, you know, I know a lot of famous people. I don't know them personally, but I know that they're hunters. Yet you do not know. You, would even, you wouldn't even guess that they're a hunter because they never speak about it. They don't say anything about it. It's something that they're very worried about saying because of cancel culture, essentially, you know? Yeah. Or yeah. losing those followers. And it's, I mean, I, I, I get the concern. It's, it's, uh, it's tough. Uh, you know, the U- UFC is a little bit, that, that fan base is a little different than a lot of other sports. <laughs> but uh, there, there's a lot of fighters who, you know, like Macy Barber, she, she, you know, she doesn't hunt like she used to because she's the girl fights all the dappling time. Um, her brother's a phenomenal hunter. All that kid does is hunt. He should just be a professional hunter at this point. But Macy's big at hunting, and she'll, she don't carry. I'll post a picture of me and Macy in the back of a sprinter van shooting a rifle. That's right. Day. I saw that, yeah. And, and, you know, like a lot of people, I would have to and be like, hey, do you care? No, this this isn't illegal, <laughs> but do you care if I put, like, I knew I wouldn't have to care with her. You know, she don't care because she's very authentic. Uh, Jesse Jess is another. Um, Jesse Jess, uh, one of my clients, she doesn't hunt, but she wants to. Yeah, she uh, just started. Yeah, yeah. She, she just got a bow, didn't she? Yeah, she's been been uh, tuning that in. I actually told her um, that we wanted to get her out on a, I wanted to get her out on like a pig hunt. And she's like, I don't eh. want to do that. And I was like, why? She goes, well, that would kind of defeat the purpose for me for hunting. She goes, because I don't eat pig. And she goes, honestly, I'm just looking at hunting as a way for me to Oh, eat. okay. Fair you enough. Know, and, you know, I try to tell her, I'm like, yeah, but pigs, they need, they're, they're invasive and all that. And she's like, I have no issue <laughs> with it. She goes, I just wouldn't be able to feel good about it. Um, but, uh, she but just doesn't eat pork period, or she yeah. just doesn't like the thought of eating wild pig. She doesn't even, doesn't really, um, but I told her her dogs would love it. So, um, my, oh. my keep, my keep trying to, my keep trying to get her into it. But, uh, yeah, yeah, it's funny. I met her when I went out to Arizona and mm. filmed the sort of beginnings of what we were, well, what we were going to do with Bo Sandoval. And wow. we were still with UFC. And she was training for her fight there. And uh, I got to meet her there and connected. So she's, she's, a, she's great. She's got such a cool personality, very authentic. Um, yeah, and it, it's cool. It, it's, it's, uh, it's a Stephen Thompson. He's big. He don't hunt. Um, he's like big in the outdoors and shooting and stuff. Like, I think it would be something he would easily get into. Um, you know, and there's, there's, it's, you know, it's, it's a lot of fighters I've introduced to at least shooting and they've been like, like shooting a bow. Mm-hmm. Gosh, this is stressful. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's a big part yeah, of it. I like, exactly. I like it or do like that's once you, once you've been hunting long enough, and especially once you kind of get to the point where you know that you're going to get at least a deer a year if you want, um, the next your favorite thing becomes helping other people. Like my my goal last year, oh, introducing someone else yes. to it, amazing, oh, yeah, I exactly. Had, I had two goals last year, and it was to kill uh, a deer with my son with me, uh, killed a nice one, and then to let my wife get her first deer. And, uh, and she killed a, she killed a little four pointer. And, uh, now this year, my goal is kill one with my traditional bow and my wife kill a bigger deer than she did last year. Um, you know, it's very, it's nice. very simple, simple things. And it was, my wife's a very like, empathetic, very soft spoken, you know, person, but she understands like, Hey, we eat meat. Like she, she can wrap her head around it. But, uh, I remember I took her early as a loader. 
And this was my fault. I didn't explain to her the fact that the muzzle odor, if you move one little bit between the trigger mm-hmm. pull and the powder, that you can do it. And I also get really, she didn't understand how much smoke there was going to be, especially when it was so cold. So she pulled the trigger and just, and it kind of made her jerk a little bit and she missed. And it destroyed her thinking she injured this deer that for, oh, for, two yeah, days, yeah, yeah. for two days to make her feel better about it. For two days, I had to go like search for this deer and prove to her, like, listen, mm-hmm. there is no blood. Like, you didn't, you missed it. But she was just mortified thinking that she hurt. Um, and no hunter wants that. That's what people don't understand. No, that, that's, you know, I was proud of her for that because every good hunter, you don't want to hurt a deer. You don't want to give it a, a, you know, you don't want it to suffer. And sure enough, you know, like she still wasn't convinced, so she was pretty much done hunting. And then I kept hunting, and a few days later, I saw the same deer. So I told her, I'm like, hey, the good news is you missed, completely missed. Yeah. So I was able to get her yep. back, and then she uh, she went rifle hunting, and one came up 100, 150 yards away. And it was, uh, it was walking out towards, Hey, if you want me to, if you want me to stop it, I'll stop it. She told me to, and right as I went to make a sound or no, right as I made the sound, it turned and just faced us. Dang it. And all of a sudden she pulls the trigger. I look over my quarter, you doing 150 yards, complete, and it just falls. And she looks at me. Oh. She's like, yeah, she's, she's had a good shot. Dead, isn't it? Like it's <laughs> like not only is <laughs> this isn't, this isn't horseshoes. Like there's no, there's, you know, like there's no good. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's very much past fell and the thing is laying yeah, where exactly. it was and she, no, she, she shot it and she literally put it in the aortic valve. Like, like, like it literally just separated the heart from the deer, which was great for me. Cause I love oh my the heart. Gosh. So it didn't destroy the heart. I could, you know, we, we went in there and gutted. The heart just floats to the front. Oh my gosh. Uh, so that kind of. <laughs> That's amazing, man. Look, I'm I'm super proud to know you. I'm super proud to call you a friend. Um, pleasure to have actually met you face to face, and hopefully, there's much more coming in the future. Oh yeah. Um, but thank you for just being who you are from it's a hunting perspective, man. That's appreciate that. You know, those are the, that's the kind of narrative. It sounds silly, but it's 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 all of these circles, and specifically your circle. Your circle is a very much a non-hunting circle. Oh yeah, and so all of those seeds that you constantly plant, and this podcast will plant some more, is like, hey, next time hunting is seen badly or it comes up on the ballot box or something like that, people are like, oh, I remember Tyler talking about it, or I saw, you know, it's like, man, it doesn't seem like as bad as they're portraying it or pushing it. So hey, I'm against this. That's what we're after. Yeah, and, and one more thing, so. I- I look at hunting the same way I look at nutrition. One of my biggest issues with nutrition is it has become, and fitness, is it's become this culture that is almost like a, a privileged culture where people think you you can't you, you can't be white collar or, or very very low financial or socioeconomic status and be in shape because people have led people to believe. Yeah. That you need to be eating grass fed meat and going to orange theory or you can't be in shape. I'm like that's not true. Like you're, you're missing out. I was a wick baby, you know, like you're missing out mm-hmm. on the, these, just this, this class of people who, who need help and everyone deserves help and they deserve information on how to do that. 
And that's one of the things I never want a lot of people. I want them to realize like, Hey, I don't care how much money you have. There are things you can do. You don't have to join the gym. You know, you don't have to eat the best quality meat that you can find. Like we can get you in shape. You can be healthy and you deserve to be healthy. Hunting to me has in a lot of ways become the same thing as hunting does become, you know, it's what social media does. Hunting has kind of become this, this pop culture thing in a lot of ways. And you're starting to see hunters become famous, which is cool. But with that kind of, it's starting to become that attitude of it's making a lot of people feel like, well, I can't really do that because I don't, I don't have land and I don't have this really nice bow. I don't really, I don't have this really nice camo. And it's like, that's, you can literally go to, you can, you can get a cheap gun. You could learn if you want and a friend with a gun and you can go to national forest, which when I, you know, growing up, I was like, you can go to public hunting land and, and wear solid color greens and browns and just sit really still next to a tree and, and, and feed your family. And I just, uh, you yep. know, I, I want people to understand that, that part of hunting too. It's like anyone can do, like you don't even have to be good at it at first. You just gotta learn. Dude, well said, well said. If people want to find out more about you, where, where can they find more information about you? Uh, the best is honestly Instagram. It's I'm all over it. Um, you know, so Tyler Minton nutrition is my handle, uh, my name plus nutrition. That's the best place. It has other ways you can contact me on that. A link to my website, uh, a link to a new book that I, I literally am releasing Friday. So it has a link to, to get a hold of me and, and I answer most of my DMS as well. There's occasionally I'll miss one, but I try to answer everybody. So. So since this podcast will come out a little later after your book is released, what's the book called and where can people get the it's book? It's uh, Fueling Fat Week. So it's about, this has never really been written in a book before. And again, this goes with my, my concept of wanting to help everyone, to, no matter what their financial status is, because not everyone can afford someone like me to come out and do it for you. And not everyone's in the UFC, um, but everyone should have access to information to cut weight safely. Because cutting weight is very, very dangerous. And the only way you can impact mm -hmm. it is to impact it at the lower level of body. So I wrote a book giving the scientific formulas I use to know how much to eat and drink during the fight week and exactly what that looks like for each weight class. And then actually give, because fight weeks, you're normally just in a hotel. You're not at a house or a kitchen. So what are you left to do? Like most people just starve to death or they do it wrong. Um, so then I include all the recipes that I use for a fight week. That can be made in a hotel with like a small blender and an air fryer because an air fryer isn't going to cause the hotel to burn down, which will really ruin a five week. <laughs> um, so it's literally just kind of a book of, of how to do what I do for like what I do for these high level fighters. So these guys that are paying me big bucks to come in there. I'm letting teaching people how to do it for 30 bucks. So, and again, that's awesome. my way of helping everyone and it's my instagram has a link to the website it's a uh, fuelingfightweek.com and uh the book is the book can be purchased there could you buy it on amazon will it be a release on amazon or something like that? Or we're it working just on self-distributed through you guys? we're working on amazon oh, okay. too it takes a bit it's a little bit of a process right now it's an ebook yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're getting into hard copies as well um so we're we're, we're cool. slowly as i'm realizing it's already pre-selling right now and it's as I realize how awesome, honestly, it's doing and, and the feedback I'm getting from it, I'm, I'm realizing it's, it's more value than you 
and even I realized when I did it, I yeah, you need to put myself. it on the shelf, my man. So I'm going to go on the to, shelf for people to, to grab. And it's obviously the cool. So Chell Sonnen wrote the forward for it, and uh, the, it's his forward in itself. I got emotional when I read it. I'm like, wow, I, yeah, I didn't realize how special this was. So it was pretty cool. Sweet dude, that's amazing. Look, thank you. Uh, go get the book. Go uh, check him out, Tyler Nutrition on Instagram and. Uh, Thank you, my man. I appreciate it. Man. Look forward to hunting Axis in Hawaii one oh, day, okay? Yeah. Yes, sir. Well, that's it for today. Appreciate you listening. As always, leave a review, share it with your friends, and most importantly, do what's right to convey the truth around hunting.